2: Hello, Hockey World. It's Wednesday, June 26, 2019.
1: I'm Mike Lagello.
3: I'm Peter Tessie, who survived three days with Mike Ajello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Russ Cohen from Sportology. I survived them all.
2: And I'm Eklund, and I'm the only one of the three of, of the four of us who wasn't in Vancouver. Um and <laughs> lucky you! <laughs> but this is my show. Welcome to Hockey Buzzcast on hockey This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And uh, yeah, we are just—it's um, funny. Oh, I did I, we're not doing a pre-show, but somebody on the somebody in it, email texted me something. It's very funny. Can you guys name what this is behind me that I'm pointing to right there? That box, wooden. That there's like a wooden thing there.
0: Hold on, yep. I need I need to see it again. Okay, uh, so I'll go
2: there. There's there's my. It, I'm pointing to it.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say it's some sort of regulator for a band. Like, I'm gonna say it's not a mixer, but it's 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 some sort of um, sound regulator. Nope,
2: nope, 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 nope,
0: nope. Uh, Um. Yeah,
1: I have no idea. All
2: right. Well, yeah, I'm I'm gonna leave it open for people are gonna have to guess. I'm not gonna tell you yet. So, uh, if you're in the chat room, you can venture a guess. Feel free. But uh, yeah, no. It's some. Um, it is kind of. It's kind of a rare, unique instrument, actually. So it is a musical instrument in itself. Is
0: that a Donald Trump bullshit meter?
2: <laughs> Where? What are you talking about? No, that's
0: that's that's, no, that's, that's
2: no, gritty. gritty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> same <wavelength,
2: laughs> Nice, 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 nice. Oh my goodness! All right, well, let's get right into it then. Um, okay, well, we, can
1: we start since we since we. Wave, 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 what the heck I got mean? it Realized. since we all emanated from uh, from Vancouver this weekend let's start with Vancouver because they seem to be the epicenter of yep. a lot of rumor a lot of speculation about free agency I heard something yesterday that I found laughable and Peter I, I have to leave this off with you because <laughs> okay. the, the the player has played in uh in Winnipeg for a few years and that's Tyler Myers there is speculation out of Vancouver that the meeting between Myers and the uh, Canucks went very well that they're very interested in him that there is a there is a potential offer then they can't legally make offers right now but the range of this offer is 6 years at between 7 to 8 million a year and if Jim Benning does that he should be fired on the spot
3: well, yeah, and 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 I'm I'm actually after the Buzzcast. I'm heading over to Meyer's house to help his wife pack up. Um, <laughs> oh let, let's. This what is what happens when you spend when you spend two nights hanging out with Shane Malloy. You get a you get a new <laughs> renewed aspect for comedy. <laughs> I've only spent a couple hours
2: that. on the phone with Shane Malloy, but I
3: can tell you, yeah.
1: Shame yeah.
3: of what makes him hilarious, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. I, I he really amped up my comedy game. So um the thing with the thing with Myers is is if the, the belief out there in the marketplace is that right hand d are at such a premium, mm-hmm. then Jake Gardner and no, not Gardner, sorry, uh, Myers my- Myers has I was thinking Gardner because I saw just saw something on him today, too. Mm-hmm. That Myers has timed this market beautifully. The this is the kind of thing <coughs> that a team that maybe isn't investing in their uh research and development around players is going to take a bite on for all the wrong reasons.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And what the and I saw the comment from Ray Ferraro on there that when Bufflin went down, Myers was super reliable. I saw Craig Button before the draft say, if you lose Jake Atruba, then Tyler Myers is an excellent replacement. (coughs) Excuse me. When Bufflin went down, Myers was given far more responsibility. While Kulikov was still injured in the beginning of the year, he was given far more responsibility. And in those times, he got caved, absolutely caved when he was on the ice. It didn't work well for him. Tyler Myers is not a bad player. The problem with Tyler's Myers is, is that he is not focusing on his strengths. He's a bit lost in who he is as, as a player and how he's going to be a better player. And I think that's part, partially in part because Paul Maurice has relied on him to do more Mm -hmm. and given him a false sense of confidence without the structure on how to do more. And that's where everything's going to go wrong. And yes, Tyler Myers deserves a good payday because he's going to get paid because of the market. And right. until the market becomes efficient, congrats, Myers. That's awesome. I'm happy for you. I really am. But it doesn't mean a team should do that. Two, different, right, two different discussions.
1: Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead Russ. Then I get something. Okay.
0: I, I mean, I would just say it like this. There's been a right-handed D-man shortage for a decade. So I don't think that that this market's any different than any other market. I really don't. So if somebody uses that, it's an excuse. Right. I You've had plenty of time to draft right-handed defensemen in the last decade. You have. There's plenty of them in the draft. You've got to find them. So that's one thing. And there's surely not as many as lefties. I get it. But you can find them. The other thing is he is a good defenseman. He's mm-hmm. not as bad as some say. He's not as great as others say. But he's reliable. And he plays. And he's big. And – you know, Vancouver doesn't have many D options, right? They have Quinn Hughes and they don't have a lot after that young D man wise. So, and can you talk about the system horrible. for a second?
2: I mean, Russ, tell me about yeah. like, I mean, I think that some defensemen do work better in different kinds of systems and mm-hmm. you know, the Jets system may not have been the system for Tyler Myers. I mean, the jet, you know, and now that I'm not, I'm again, I'm playing a little bit devil's advocate. I no one knows Myers better on the panel than Peter because you've seen him play so much. Yeah. But I have, I'm just wondering if there's anything to that, like if there's a if he if he put into a different system with a different kind of responsibility, could be as valuable so, as people are making. Well, there. But here's
3: here's here's Myers' problem, is he doesn't make a good first pass. Mm-hmm. He catch he he starts moving the puck up. If he doesn't react really quick, his first pass is terrible. Myers when it comes to zone entries and stuff, has a horrible track record of, of okay. that. And he often will stifle a transition game because he can't pass. He gets the puck up to the blue line and all the forwards are standing still because they've been waiting for him to do something with it since he left the goal line. Well, so that's where the problem comes in. And for a guy who's six foot seven, he needs to be able to see the ice a little better and make, and, and see guys. He's a giraffe. He should, well, see, he should be making that pass first before he does anything else. And he doesn't.
1: Russ, I don't know if Benning was in Buffalo as the director of amateur scouting when Myers was drafted, but I thought that was maybe the, the connection between the two. But I, I think this is a reflection of, as you said, as everybody said, the right-hand defense defense. Uh, being so rare that he's going to get overpaid, he was overpaid on the contract that he got from Buffalo that he's still on. This is the last year of it when he, after he won the Calder, he's been pretty much overpaid. Uh, and and the, you know, because he never really grew into the defenseman that a lot of people thought he was going to be after that rookie of the year, uh, win. But the market is so barren in, in terms of defense, act you reported it. There's there are speculation out there about Gardner getting a deal, the equivalent of Kevin Hayes, over $7 million. Yeah, I believe right that. I, I, I think that's the case. And w- this is going to have a sort of a residual effect on a guy like Nikita Zaitsev. Mike Johnson from TSN went on Vancouver Radio this morning and said, I would rather have five years of Zaitsev at, at four and a half than sign Tyler Myers for six years at over seven. It's more cost effective. I'll so, tell you this: Myers isn't,
0: and not Myers. Gardner is not going to get over seven if they can't insure the contract. There won't be a team in the league that would yeah. touch him if they can't insure the contract. Well, his back is fine now. They well, say that's what. That's what everybody
1: says, Mike. Until you look at the medical. Well, right. I mean, if they, if they look at the medical, I mean, they, there's going to be a, a time period before he goes July 1st that people will be able to inspect the medical, and if they are Scared of it, then you're right. It's
0: not they, even them. It's not even them being scared of it. They're going to give it to their insurance company. And if the insurance company's
1: scared of it, that will change some teams' minds. Right. But I think the because there is a, a market that's fairly bereft of top four defensemen, and he's a power play quarterback and a, and a skating defenseman, you're going to have a lot of teams interested in Gardner. I think there's literally no chance he is going back to Toronto, even if they do trade Zaitsev before July 1st um and you know toronto's a little bit a, a little bit of a pickle because uh, but i think they're going to be able to move zaitsev and and Ak, i don't know if you want to talk about the some of the speculation out there about zaitsev but yeah the, I will the rumor, that. The rumor sure. that you reported yeah i think the leafs would do it
2: yeah i mean th- th- before i get into zaitsev though i wanted to talk about another player with myers just because one of thought i was looking up something and um a player that kind of occurs to me and vancouver fans this this is right up the rally because this is a player that vancouver got a defenseman that the vancouver canucks got who was a big guy who had you know shown lots of uh who's kind of like a one-way player in the beginning of his career um was just like a basically a huge penalty minute getter but not much offensive upside and then came to vancouver and thrived and that would be ed jovanowski right so
0: oh my god we're going back to ed okay
2: all right but Ed Ed is one of the more interesting players I think over the last, I don't know, 30 years, it just in turn. And, and people might think that's crazy for me to say, but he had such different kinds of careers in different places. No, I think that's fair. Yeah. You know, when, if you remember when he came into Florida, that was when the, uh, the Panthers and Flyers had a lot of battles and Jovanovsky and Lindros were just head to head. Yeah. Going yeah, and, at it,
1: and you had and, that pairing of Jovanosky and Rhett Warner that were sort of
2: yeah, that was in that you know the Panthers did really well with and 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 you know went to the Stanley Cup finals with and all that stuff. This that was a crazy time. And then Jovanosky, then you know, after only four years in Florida, you know, gets um because he it gets traded mid 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 fourth year, he gets traded in Florida mm-hmm. to um, I think it was mid fourth year, wasn't it? Uh, no, maybe well, it was right at, yeah, it was mid-fourth year. I'm looking at the stats right there. Mid-fourth year. He played forty-one games in Florida that year, thirty-one with Vancouver. So he gets traded mid season.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and when he goes to Vancouver, he immediately his his penalty minutes dropped down quite a bit. You know, he, he, you know, then became more of I mean still a tough guy, but really rounded out his game and became, I thought, a really solid player for the Canucks for many years, Jovanovsky. Like and you know
3: Yeah, I I, I watched a lot of Jovanovsky in Vancouver. There yeah. were times when he was great, times when he struggled. And I think what eventually caught up with him was speed. He, speed. He yeah. couldn't play like he did in that rookie year where right. he was an 18-year-old wrecking ball yeah. right, through the playoffs that basically couldn't push his team any further than he did. And the speed of the game changed a little bit. And even as it came through the clutch and grab, but once you got through that two, that last, that first lockout, he ended up going down to Arizona, I think, and it just ne- it never caught up with him, right? Arizona yeah. paid him
1: big bucks, and, and, and injuries caught, injuries caught up to him too.
3: Yeah, but yeah, speed for sure. Myers doesn't have a, a speed he problem. He's yeah. a vision problem.
1: Yeah,
2: but I so I mean I'm not I'm just saying that defensemen have like crazy long careers, you know, like and that and something that you have to you know think about with in terms of Myers, you know, he's had right. he's already had a pretty long career considering you know i mean well, he's a young ufa but he's well i mean they,
1: they can morph into different types of defensemen as they go longer in their careers but the thing different is, I,
2: and that's my question you know like is, it, it is vancouver's system anywhere different that could well, help we
1: don't you? know what their system really is i mean that that's the problem well, and they're completely changing so, over their defense now i don't know so, did they qualify yeah, if you're if you're gonna sign
3: edler for two years at six million plus right Why do you need to bring in a Tyler Myers, who's three years younger, for six years? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You need to turn this team over a bit. They drafted as part of their strategy, knowing that Podoskin isn't going to be there for Pazdolkin, whatever his name is, isn't going to be there there for two years. What (sighs) is the hurry? of bringing in Myers at that price right now.
2: What does he do? You know, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's still young defensively. Myers is not and, an old guy. Like you well, know, no, you know. but,
1: but you know the reason why, Peter? Because the Aquilini's are nuts. Because they want this team oh. to compete right away. I mean, they see no. Besser. They see... Uh, they see the, they're tantalized by the young talent there. They think that they have a summer of complete change, and Benning has openly talked about completely redoing the defense. Well, yeah, okay, he's re-signed Edler. He may go after Myers. He may go after – He didn't get a qualifying offer. Who did – Ben Hutton did or did not? did not? Did not. Okay, so he's a free okay. agent. You know, they re-signed Ste- – they're probably going to re-sign Stetcher. Um, they may be in on guard. I mean, they they got all their irons in different fires when it comes to changing over the defense. The question is whether it'll be better or not. And I, I, you don't know for sure if it will be. Well, if you add him, their defense will be better. To say he's, you don't know, I mean, come
0: on. You're adding Tyler Myers. It's going yeah, to get exactly. better. I mean, it's, they don't have a great defense, so the bar is pretty low. I mean, what is the cost of four defensemen in
2: the NHL? Like, that's what it comes down to. Like, you need a top four defenseman in the NHL it's about like five million a year.
1: I'd say twenty million.
2: So it's going to be a. See, I think it's more. I think it's more than it's that. More than that now. I do. I think that. The, I think the top pairing defense are like seven million a year. The second pairing yeah. defense are about five million a year. So let's say about twenty-five. I would say twenty-five million a year. Yeah, is a is a fair number for your top four D. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you would know
0: three Kevin Hayes.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll call it three Kevin Hayes for now. On. <laughs> I know. I saw a yacht the other day. It was like one tenth of Kevin Hayes. It was just absolutely beautiful. Um, all right. <laughs> so there we go. We'll call it that. But, um, you know who else didn't get a qualifying offer from Vancouver? Derek Pouliot. Yeah, I know. That was surprising. I mean, why is that
0: surprising?
3: I think it's surprising. Oh,
0: come on. Right, I think it's surprising. I mean, why it's not? Because I mean, I want I'm,
3: there for the Canucks, Russ. But, Peter,
0: this is a guy who wasn't even a great skater. Yeah.
3: He was, okay. He was a, uh, I'm looking at stats right now. Uh-huh. People are saying Ben Sherratt might get $3 million. He's not even as good as Pouliot.
1: Yeah, they're worried about Pouliot's speed. That's what they're worried about. Pouliot, Pouliot was a former top-ten pick who never – grew into the player that people thought he was going to be. He failed 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 in Pittsburgh. He failed in Vancouver. And now he's probably, you know. Failed at being what
3: expectations were. Right. Right. right, he didn't fail at hockey. No. Those are players. Those are players you can get on the cheap. That mm-hmm. are you. The, these are the ideal depth people that you use in a five-six role. I agree, and you don't, and you manage your expectations of them.
2: But well, if you're your at thirty-five goals that,
0: next
3: year for the Seattle Kraken, we'll be sitting there saying, "What the
2: well, hell happened?"
0: He will not. Here's the thing: for Pittsburgh, who didn't have a great defense, he would average 14, 15 minutes. He was averaging over seventeen out of necessity. On a bad Vancouver defense. Right, so, yeah. yes, on a bad defensive team, he could score you 12 to 15 points and play 17 minutes. On a good team,
1: you're not going to want him more than 12 minutes, so, and he might get you 10 points. So it's very, it's very possible with Vancouver's defense that the only incumbent that will be back is the re-signed Edler and Quinn Hughes, who played a few games at the end of the year. Uh, maybe they sent – the, the, you know, Stetcher could be as well. But now, now that they've walked away from Hutton – um, I th- I believe they're going to trade Chris Tanev because he's got a year left in his contract and maybe they need to open up space for other players. So you're talking about a complete reshuffle of their blue line. And you know, I may, you know maybe they'll be better. May- maybe because they're spending more money there, but that's not a guarantee. Just because you spend more money on something doesn't mean it's better. No, I mean look at X shirt as a as an example. Um, but but honestly, <laughs> excuse <laughs>
0: me. What are we talking about? Nothing. If you missed the conversation, you'll have to rewind it. Anyhow, um, when you look at these guys like Pugliot and otherwise. That was Russ Cohen
2: from Sportsology. Thanks, Russ. Appreciate it. Um, (laughs) Have a great day. (laughs) Continue on. on. Sorry.
0: (laughs) When you look at these players like Hutton and Pugliot, teams want to walk away from them and other teams are hoping that happens so they could sign them last minute as filler. Yeah. You know, and it's not to say they're not decent NHLers, but this is what happens now when the market gets so high right. that guys like this fall into the pit,
1: <laughs> and they have to accept what they're going to get last minute from teams. Pouliot's going to be a, a one-year signing by somebody for eight hundred thousand dollars, and he'll play on the bottom pairing. And he might that might fit exactly what you know people expect out of him. And if that if that's the case, then you know he's got an NHL career going forward.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: But uh, if, if you're thinking like, yeah, oh, whatever. I, I, go I'm ahead, just Peter, here. Peter, 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 go ahead, please. I, I my my thinking here is is I think it speaks to Mike what what exactly is is um, Vancouver doing right? Like it, the direction. What is their system? What is their? Because you know, you would think. That signing, maybe they can, maybe they don't want to qualify him. And they can re-sign him later, which I think is what the Jets are trying to do with uh, Beaulieu, mm-hmm. But you know, it's well. Th- this is the so thing. You know. are you getting, are you getting uh maybe five and a half to six million dollars more value out of Tyler Myers signing at that rate than you are what Ben, <laughs> that Derek Pouliot is? I don't know. No, no, but the, but right? and that's it, the, that's it, the thing.
1: That's but, the that's the point. The Tyler Myers minutes. is going
0: to play 24 minutes some nights. Yeah. You don't want. Oh God, help to them play 24 minutes. I don't know. I think yeah, have to expl- I have I think
2: time time will tell with Tyler Myers, but I think that um, it, it might be scary
0: know, to you, but it's an upgrade for them.
2: Yeah, and we're a little yeah. we're being a little bit tough on on the guy. I, think, I,
3: think. I am being tough on Myers because I think Tyler Myers has a role. It's right. it's that four four to four to you know, four or five guy, right? I, unless something miraculous happens well, with his game and his offseason that changes who he is at age 29. And I'm not betting on that. That's no, all. It no, is. Nobody,
1: nobody has been a bitter. Nobody has been a bigger critic of Jake Gardner in Toronto than I have over the years, but based on the market, he's going to get six and a half to $7 million on a long-term contract. It's going to happen because of, you know, he's a top four defenseman. I don't think he's a particularly good one, but offensively carrying the puck, power, quarter, quarterback in the power play, he's going to get that kind of offer. He's he going to be missed it. in Toronto.
2: I mean, there, there's, yeah, there's no he about will that. will
1: not be back in Toronto if he's asked, if he's, if that's. No, he, no, he won't be back, but he right. will be missed. Like I'm don't just saying not? that. Well, I, well, no, yes and no. The good parts of his game they'll miss the bad parts of his game. He won't, they won't. And I think but, a guy um, that that, I mean, Dermott, we have
2: to decide who they're, it, it all depends what they do to replace him. Right. I mean, at the well, end of the day, you can't just lose him and lose Zaitsev and, and be good. I mean, that they're not going to
1: be. What what get for Zaitsev. Zaitsev. right about that. Uh, it depends on what you get in a deal for Zaitsev. And it depends on whether Travis Dermott can grow into that top four role. Now he's going to be out for a couple months. I think Travis Dermott's a better overall defense than Jake Gardner is. I do. He's never yeah. going to get the point level that he gets. No, he's not. But, but Russ, I'll give up 10 to 12 points for being more competent defensively because Jake Gardner at times has been incompetent. No, he has
2: at a, a very sure. inopportune times, as, as, we, as has well been documented. But the but the idea is over the course of a year, every course of making the playoffs, which is actually going to be an issue for Toronto next year because the, that division is getting better. They have to make sure – that they can, you know, and everybody in the East, I think the East is a crazy. East is going to be crazy hard to make the playoffs next year. I'm just flat out. I really, and,
1: and I think I think Kyle Dubas is aware of that, and that's why I think one of the reasons why on Saturday he indicated that the, the, the what's going on with Marner is holding up potential other deals because he doesn't want to uh, lock up cap space when he may need the flexibility when when it comes to Marner. He needs to get even if he pays a little more than he'd like to. He needs to get Marner settled completely and not and, and not have his agent sort of uh you know floating uh trial balloons out there through the media and get a deal done so he can make the other moves otherwise he's going to be in limbo until marner signs the deal yeah
0: um and what's interesting he, there he's in, out there Go ahead, Russ. no I say he look he's gonna be in some limbo he is and you're not going to be able to sign like a big free agent defenseman. There are none out there anyhow, Right. but he's not going to be able to take on a big free, a big trade contract without having that deal with Marner locked up. It is going to hamper them.
1: Right. Right. He he is
3: benchmarking a certain amount of salary to do this. Like that's what it is. And if someone, and if the salary range, because remember, Marner has to get someone to offer sheet him too. Yeah, right. And that, like, won't happen. And, and that won't happen. So Dubas is sitting there going, I know I'm gonna be paying Mitch Marner anywhere from let's just use our random numbers, nine to eleven million dollars. Okay. Right. Yes, two million can be a significant swing in what you can do, but he's basically taking that space out of his spending budget. That's mm-hmm. all it is.
0: It's not, just, no, it's, it's not that simple because I, it, it sounds like it's that simple, but it's not because if he takes nine and a half million out of his budget and marner's people say, Hey, it's ten and a half million, or we're holding out, then now you but got he
3: knows that now already. Like he knows that that situation.
0: So well, no, I think I. I, no,
4: yeah, I that's it, a, if Kyle yeah, I'm gonna, I'm
3: gonna does not what know what Mitch Marner's camp wants for salary right but, now, he but, should but, not be operating an NHL club. But Peter, Period, he, has, no. he,
1: has, he has to be. He has to stay flexible for more yeah. than just that eleven million. On the off chance right. that some other general manager wants to put. Toronto in a pickle and still right. sign the offer. I mean, it's if, very Which won't
3: happen. If but some other general have, manager offers happen. more than $11 million and wants to give up four first, Kyle Dubas is going to take those first and he's going to laugh all the way. That's what's going to happen. Won't be because laughing because there are maybe two teams who will d- consider doing that.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Consider.
4: Well, look, look you got Mike to and, and not, oh, that's not And hard. not when they are
3: about to go into, uh, into a lockout into a season where there's going to be another lockout and an arbitration thing. Does it make sense for any GM to go after another one's player in an obscene level like Paul Holmgren did with Shea Weber?
1: Now, you know, if, if you, if you have a general manager who offers your best player, a $6 million offer for eight years, then you deserve to get offer sheeted. Like Sebastian Aja was apparently offered for Carol by Carolina. I'm not sure I buy that offer. Well, I mean, it's out there. right? No, I know. No, listen.
2: I mean, Kiprios put it out there. I heard it too, so it's it's definitely it was in the rumor mill. But let me just let me just clarify that for a little bit. And and some of the Carolina stuff, there are some mean people out there who do not like Dundon, and they are throwing stuff. There's some stuff being thrown around. There, like I, you know, every once in a while, I find a source that I will never talk to again. Right. I found a source that I will never talk to again, in that Sebastianahu offer. For in Carolina, okay, so uh, it, it's rare that there's like four of them in my entire career.
4: Okay, we so. have a,
1: we have a we have a signing, and it, you'll you'll get a kick out of this one. Uh <sighs> Stephen Wino has just reported that the Flyers have re-upped Brian for one year, two million bucks. Anthony jumps on two million. we got it. We got a live report.
2: Hold Anthony, on. what's up hold man? On.
1: hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Anthony.
2: Tell that. us what's going on.
4: Uh, it's Corden Matley. Yeah, we have a fly. Yeah, the Flyers have signed Brian Elliott to a one-year, two million dollar contract. He is the Flyers' backup. <laughs> I want to.
2: Okay, <laughs> I want to give a couple people credit here. I heard Russ say this on the radio yesterday. All right, on XM, that he thought oh that Brian Elliott man. was probably going to come back, which is
0: for two million dollars. That's crazy. Flyer. I think I honestly think that and it's. And
2: well, the Flyers keep their streak going of not going more than one or two days without doing something ridiculously nuts, but that's okay. Uh, and <laughs> they have, they. I mean, listen, I, <laughs> it, in Philadelphia, like Flyers fans, after going through so many years of Hextall, like it's, it's such a, it, the whiplash between like, Okay, what happened before Hextall, which is a lot more like this, and then what happened with Hextall, which was absolutely nothing at all, to but back to this again. The whiplash is pretty insane. I have,
1: I have to say that the most, the most pointless trade of the trade deadline was the Stolars for Cam Talbot deal because now Cam Talbot, there's no way Cam Talbot. No, is because that. no, you
2: have to, you have to, you have to it go was in perspective. It was what was happening? Pointless. You have to, Mike. Mike, listen, I know, like Stolars, they were never going to bring back. Okay? I know, but and no. at that time. The world was totally collapsing around the Flyers, and it felt like Elliott would never be Got able it. to play again. Uh, it felt like Hart would never be able. To, they they literally had to make that trade. There was no, there the, were no can options. We
0: can we talk about the return from the Wayne Simmons deal now? Yeah, Tyler Pitlick, Tyler Pitlick, basically. Yeah. I don't
2: know about that. No, I mean, uh, listen, right, uh, Tyler I,
4: Pitlick and a fourth round pick in next year's draft. Right. 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 But I will stand by the
2: fact that I believe last year they should have just let Wayne Simmons ride it out because I the, the offers were terrible. They were not good. And the and the vibe that he had, and at least him being able to be around some of the younger players in the locker room and, and showing and the Flyers, showing those players in the locker room that they could have made like a statement. They could have been like, we believe in you. We think this is because everything was, if you remember that at the, they had a moment there where they could have gotten more out of that than what they were going to get in a trade.
1: Well, this is what this is what I'm puzzled at because of that deal, that deal that happened yesterday. You have a guy who was a first-round pick, although 30th overall, uh, of the Chicago Blackhawks, who scored 19 goals two years ago. He was traded for Wayne. It Sim- was traded at the deadline to Nashville. He was then traded to Philadelphia at the deadline the next year for Wayne Simmons. Then he was traded for Tyler Pitlick, and then he was not qualified. So at the age of twenty-four years old, Ryan Hartman is an unrestricted free agent.
4: Now we do have the report obviously from Sean Sh- Sean Shapiro from yeah. the Athletic in, in Dallas, along with Pierre LeBron, which obviously backs him up saying that Dallas is still in play. It's just the off the the art whatever the arbitrator number was going to be was too high for the qualifying offer. That's right. basically what happened. So yeah. Dallas is still apparently very much on board on trying to bring Hartman in. So but but it's going to be probably, you know, it's going to be more expensive in this case. You're probably looking at, I'm guessing at this point, probably around two, a little over, a little under, anywhere under or above $2 Ross, right? Would you
0: say? Yeah. No, say no, I definitely that. would say. I want to go back to one thing, Ant, since you're, you're clocked in now fully. Um, did you ever get the feeling anybody else wanted Brian Elliott? That's why I'm shocked at the price. I didn't get that feeling.
4: Ah. Uh. Not exactly. No, I didn't get a. I didn't get a bearing or feeling that uh, that LA, that there was going to be anybody. I mean, there's always a chance, obviously, when sure. we're in the free agency that you know maybe they did get some feelers out, and now we go back and look at the end of the season, the fact that they used them as much as they did. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> they Christian went to the guy who already had the job already. But here is the
2: thing, and here's what happened. If you remember, it's, it is so – for those who – you had to really be with the Flyers every day to follow what the hell was happening because – You did. It's true. If you were looking at it from the outside, you were absolutely like this, and it was crazy even from the inside. But from the outside, it made no sense at all. But from the inside, you could at least understand where it was coming from slightly, right? Because Elliot gets – if you remember when Elliot got put back into a game um, was during the uh, – no, what? No, the big, the big moment for Elliot was the frigging outdoor game against the Penguins. Yeah. All right, because remember, we we sit there and everybody expects Carter Hart's going to play, and at the last minute, we were in a press conference. I'm sitting right next to Russ when this happens. Yeah. <laughs> remember, right. and right. it's like, and they say Moose is going to be our goalie tomorrow uh, in, right. the, in the in the outdoor game, which was just what did they say Moose is Elliot's nickname. So, but which was completely like. We, we, first of all, no one knew that Carter Hart was hurt. Secondly, right. everyone assumed if Carter Hart wasn't playing, it would be Talbot. Right. So so here he, they went right to Elliott again. And Elliott played pretty bad in the beginning of that game and pretty amazing <laughs> at the end of it. Yeah. Pretty amazing. And it was the straight – so Elliott playing – Elliott at the end of that game
4: – We had the like a, top fly goal that goes off his glove and just yeah. off his <laughs> rear end, and you figure that's you – know, <laughs> that We
2: all thought like – I remember like – I remember one of my favorite favorite lines from Scoop Cooper, who's in the fr- Flyers press box, is like, "That's a play that ends men's ends men's career." You know, right. like that- yeah, ask
1: Tom to ask Tommy. Yeah, so not here. Not here. Okay,
2: <laughs> well, um, let, let, let me let me just say but that Elliot came back in that rest of that game. Remember the Flyers come back, they yeah. win it in overtime, and yeah. Elliot played made some unbelievable saves, incredibly game. horrible conditions. Yeah, with and what? I think that the, I think what he showed there, and he sort of earned his way back into like the other guy but as, and they couldn't take it away from him.
1: But as we know from his stints in St. Louis and his stints in Calgary at the top end, he's, he's a great goaltender when he's hot. He's a great goaltender who can play uh, games on end when he's bad, which is more often than not. He's a sieve. So, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't get the, maybe he's suited as a backup, may, but 2 million bucks is a little pricey in my estimation. And I'm, oh, by the way, I just looked it up. Ryan Hartman's contract was eight hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. So a qualifying offer would have been less than around nine fifty. Yeah, other so,
2: there was other, there, other, there other issues there.
1: there. It's a couple million. Be, million. Hey, right. If you set that figure at where he wanted, which is two
4: million, and and all in all likelihood somewhere around there, Russ, right? Around probably yeah. 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 that number. Yeah. That's not gonna work. So if he's if his strategy was to ultimately play this the right way, it's you get to the point where he's not qualified. He becomes a UFA. He probably will get that contract right
1: somewhere oh, else. Right.
4: So for everybody, I think who's been like making fun of the fact that he's been away. You know, the the, the tweet yeah. from the fact you know, everybody, that everybody's having a good yeah, time.
2: They can't get in touch with them.
4: I, you know, for a fact, his agent's on the wall with them telling him exactly what's going on. If he's uh, just or prepared, if he's
2: not, it's it's just yeah. Ryan Hartman. Like, you can see Ryan Hartman very much saying, like, you know, like, I don't want to sit around here and, and wait and figure out what the hell's going to happen. Uh, just he, he went to his agent and said, just tell yeah. me what happens next week when I get back.
0: Right. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. I, I want to put Cam Talbot's <laughs> career with the Flyers now in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Jason. Jason Mazzotti played more minutes for the Rangers than. you oh, <laughs> got a Mazzotti no. reference for the Flyers. Well, <laughs> I have two okay. on the panel. Well done, I think I may have played well, more I'm minutes for the Flyers I'm as a goalie. Don't don't well, Let me let me ask Peterson. Having
2: something. played in one in one <laughs> alumni game, don't I qualify as having played You're more close.
1: minutes? You're close. You're close. All it. right. So, but
2: here, but 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 here's the other thing that we're forgetting about here. It's very possible that Talbot told him to screw, <laughs> told him to go screw themselves. It's very possible that oh, said,
1: all, all the last month of the season after they trade for him, right. 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 Yeah. But, but the
2: weird thing was about that, Mike was the word around the press box and stuff like that was, they had fig- they had talked to Talbot about this. It's okay. You'll be back next year. Elliot's gone. Um, Your garter Hart's mentor or whatever. You're going to be fine. But it's very possible that Talbot just didn't buy it, any of it. Said forget about it, and got an offer from Calgary, and that that's my my prediction is that's where he goes because I heard Calgary really had had large Calgary had very big interest in Brian in in Cam Talbot going there and possibly being like the one A starter, the dual starter type situation.
0: I still think the Islanders might call on Talbot, but I will say this: Yeah, I think you if you, Cam Talbot was waiting a little while to see about these starter jobs. Yeah. He probably would want more than two million, and the Flyers can't afford that. Right,
1: Peter. Let yeah. me let me ask you something because we've seen over the last few days now a couple of the uh, the deals are are not confirmed yet, but I think. The the Kapanen deal and the Janssen deal with the Leafs are being held up because they're keeping their cap amount flexible for Marner. They're, they haven't announced they did, if they announce them, then they're locked in on the cap and they, they're they're not going to do that right now. But the Sandheim deal for two years at, I think it was three and a quarter, um, you're starting to see some of the players who you thought were gonna get long-term deals or even get offer sheeted, you know, these middle of the road free agents signing deals. With Winnipeg, how does that affect Line? A, who there's a lot of uh, indication they he might take a bridge or Connor in terms of, of bridge.
3: Um, the, the I think the speculation right now, and I think Elliot Friedman talked about this in his 31 thoughts today too, is uh, that Line a is likely to be bridged because he will he and his agent will decide that it's better for him to do what Connor Hellebuck did. And bet on himself, work the stink in his offseason, come back and score a, bo- a bucket load of goals because it puts the pressure back. Goals are what drive salary. You score yeah. goals, you're going to drive salary. And that's what he does best. So it's better for him to work on his flaws in his game, which there are a few try to be a better all around player to to get particularly more even strength goals, right? Like that's, that's the big thing is not be a power play specialist and he's got to change a little bit in that. And then, then the vault opens up. If you're the jets, you probably like this because it does one of two things. It also allows you some time to figure out some other cap things where Matthew pro will be off his deal. Kulikov will be gone. And then You've already given Josh Morrissey his next deal, if it's a two-year bridge. So it it, it helps the Jets, but it's a risk for them too. Now, yeah. let's can we talk about the the Zaitsev? for a second. Um, yeah, for sure. Oh, the
2: last thing I'll say about the other thing: I just got a text to remember that Carter Hart's on entry-level contracts, so this is like they're spending not even three million dollars or whatever you know cap space for their goalies. So as right, pretty much but that's money plan.
1: that could that's money that could money that could be spent, that could be spent could be spent.
2: I
0: think you know,
1: that you, you know, think that we understand we overpaid
0: for our backup, but we're not paying much for our starter. That doesn't make right. it. right. right. No, right. but exactly. at
1: the
2: same time with, with when, when you st- when your starter is a 21 year old,
1: you know, oh, no, I think,
0: I bring Brian Elliott in. You could have waited six weeks to sign Brian Elliott at a lesser rate.
1: Right, you get him for $850,000 yeah.
0: instead
2: of $2 million. Possibly, possibly.
0: Maybe,
2: possibly. maybe not. I mean, that's, yeah, you just don't know. I mean, you really don't. I mean, he, Elliot has, Elliot is a good guy and has made a lot of hey, friends.
0: Well, like, I give it to you.
2: No, but he's like one of those, he's one of those guys who, he's only here part, he's here a lot on a large part because of such a good, such the good guy he is. I mean, to be yeah. honest, let's just say that he's like, they can trust him. They believe they know he's a good per, he's a locker room guy. He's, they know they can play Carter Hart, and he's not going to complain about. It. There's a he lot does. of things that they don't have to worry about with Elliot, and that's. Hey,
1: I'm, a, I'm I'm a great guy. I should be paid three million.
2: Well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what I'm saying.
4: We don't want to push it, Mike. So yeah. Philadelphia now. Just so we have our idea real quick of Philadelphia situation. Now they're 15.1 million in cap space with now 19 players signed,
1: and they haven't signed Pro. And and Russ, I think this is yeah, playing out like exactly, a exactly right. Yeah, they exactly. they are limiting they are limiting their amount of cap space to go to Provorov and to go to Konechny and say, okay, we can't afford to sign you long term, so how about we sign a two year bridge? That's what they, well, this, I think. This, that this, this, I this think is, that this may is. be true on Konechny.
4: I don't necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're, different. They're, they're different. They're different. Yeah. I think one of those guys they're going to come away with. Uh, it's going to be probably Provorov in this case. They have to at least have one of those defensemen where they basically have, they, they are committed to them Agreed, financially yeah. too in terms of you've already got a two-year deal at a rel- rel- relatively affordable rate with Sanheim. Some of that money's got to get out late to the other defense because you want to have right, that yeah. before yeah, yeah. when you got to deal with, with um, when you have to deal with. And uh, here's
2: uh, the bigger picture on that, Anthony. And like, and Mike, this is the bigger picture on that. And this goes into my blog today, which is that we have not seen any of the rfas budge okay so we have seen Mm -hmm. clearly clearly put we are in a in a old-fashioned standoff okay we Mm -hmm. have you know marner point line a
1: um all the
2: forwards right rat and and then go to defense mcavoy wierenski and and prover none of those guys have budged at all because no one wants to set the number and the issue with that is that none of the gms Then this is this is where you're this is why I wrote today that we're going to see holdouts. I just I have no question in my mind because when I talk to the GMs, and I talk to the agents, the GMs are all like, yeah, they're going to realize soon that like they're not going to get more than nine million dollars tops for any of those players. All right. And the, and the agents are saying, yeah, they got to get to, we got to get, you know, 11 the agents have been like slowly putting $11 million out, you know, in like subliminal advertising for the last three years, $11 million, (laughs) but you know, but the, but the, but the, but the, the GMs are like, no, they're, they're going to, they're like eight or $9 million players. Um, no, they're 10 or $11 million players there. There's, there's this gap of $2 million between, between everybody and and the agents being like, oh, we're going to get that. And the, and, the, and the GM's being like, you're insane if you're going to get that. You're, we All we have to do, we, you, you can't go anywhere. You can hold out if you want to, but you can't go anywhere. You don't have the power to ask for $11 million, Mitch Marner. So, no one's going to offer sheet you. No one's going to do And 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 that sounds rough, but that's literally where they – I talked to an agent the other day who, who who was involved with one of these, say, eight guys I just mentioned. And he's like, what power does he have? And this is a good player because right. we heard the list. And, but He said, what power
1: and- does he really have? Like and the he, problem he hold out, is sure. Problem. If he wants to hold out, fine. hold out. The problem is, is that the 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 agents, and I'll use Darren Ferris, uh, who's the agent for Marner, as an example. He is funneling out information to you know to to different insiders about. You know, a offer sheet is coming, and it's going to yeah, start. The, I mean, the GMs should, all know that that's BS. The GMs, right, know, the GMs are that, way beyond it. You know, that's see, that's for public consumption, and that is, and that yeah. you know, I think the general manager does an
3: offer sheet to come. come. He just needs the public to put pressure on Dubas to pay the man And That's all money. he's doing. Yeah. And any,
2: believe me, anything exactly. involving Marner, you should just ignore. Like everything okay. out there, so, because but, especially Marner, because of the Toronto situation, that should just be ignored. Like but, if, but
3: listen, think about it this way. You want like I totally believe with you, believe what you're saying here, and I agree with it. In that these guys are sitting back, nervous to not nervous. Nervous isn't the right word. They're they're being cautious about coming out and signing a guy, setting a market amount. Yep. But the last thing you want to do is have the market set your amount. Right. You don't want to be a victim of that. This is right. this is this business. Is, you're
2: right, Peter. And this is where and, the arrogance and,
3: comes into play. And I'll because, tell you the one the yeah. one contracts. The the one thing that people forget happened that absolutely screwed the Oilers was when they waited on Dry yeah. and Poil signed Johansson for eight million. Yeah. Well, dry next thing you know, Dry has got nine five because yeah. he's way better than Johansson, and he they waited. You don't want someone else setting your market for you. Right.
0: I will say this: I mean, I saw the Flyers cap writing on the wall a couple weeks ago, but Provorov was never going to sign before any of the other guys signed mm-hmm. The agent wasn't going to allow it the flyers have been helpless with this since Hextall was in there it that, was
2: off the okay. record but Hextall was so pissed at the agent for proverov for the last year that he that, yeah. you know it was just it was insane like the thought was i was hearing you we we're all hearing a year ago i'm sure all of us who were in that mm-hmm. press box yeah. or whatever hearing a year ago that this was just never going to get done with Hextall. that hextal right. and prover and, and, and we, there was real reason to believe that if hextal stayed ProVib was never going to be a flyer after this year. Right. And, and you know, and people were like freaking out about it. But that's honestly the truth because Hexley was like enough. Well, because what is happening is there is an, the arrogance of both sides and is is intense right now. Like they're both well, there. No one's trying to work with the other. The, the, uh, the NHLPA, of course, is far, forcing them, forcing these guys to like to stand tight, not sign a cheap deal. Right. Right. Well, now, like, I mean, by the I way, part- the Sandheim deal, the NHLPA hated it. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, uh, and on these on these RFAs, I'll tell you the I'll tell you the player that other agents do not want to be the first one to sign, and that's Braden Point because Braden Point will take less than people expect because of the Florida tax thing. He will not be a nine 000, 9.5 million, nine probably- and a half million. He might be the best of all of them,
2: and, that, right, and that's exactly. and that's what other people. And, and you're right, Mike. So that that's why, and that is the the issue. There's a, and I think I honestly think the first one to sign will be Miko Ratnan. And and the reason I say that from just talking to different different people involved, first of all, Colorado only has like four forwards signed. Like Colorado got thirty eight million in cap space, and and I know they've got they've got four forwards signed. You know, and they've got it's just insanity. So they have they can't they and they can't do anything until they figure out what they're going to do with Ratnani. Sakic is very good at talking to players, and Sakik will get Ranton inside and be like, "Listen, you know this is the deal." I remember when I, you yeah. know, it was me and Sundin and Quebec and all this, and he'll, he'll throw all this stuff back at him, and he'll get it done. Like he'll, Sakik will get it done for probably around eight million dollars a year.
0: Well, the Penguins day. have some signings here: um, Zach Trotman, Kevin Cruzman two-year deals, both about seven hundred grand. Like that's what teams rush to get these guys in now when they know they're close to being capped out. Yeah. and play some fill in minutes and that's why you got to be careful of overpaying some guys because there's teams that are good that will fit in guys like this all the time
2: I will tell you yeah, what, and, it's not teams rushing. It's the players agents rushing because that's what's, that's what's happening oh, with these like, guys. You're looking at there. Every one of those guys is looking at like, Oh my God, you know, right. those, those
1: guys are in their mid twenties and they're saying, okay, can I get a one year deal for a couple of years? A mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, calling now their I, agents
2: up and saying, just make, get it done today. I don't care if it's $700,000, yeah. whatever. No,
1: no X. Zaitsev.
2: Um, okay. Zaitsev. Um, yeah. Like there, there is a rumor out there that a deal is imminent for Zaitsev, and I, again like I said I you guys will know by now that my rule in Toronto rumors is it cannot come from Toronto <laughs> so right. it's not coming because I because because coming from Toronto is pointless and there's so much spin involved so this is coming from other places okay. um, but but so this is so and you know that there is a there is a rumor that you know the two teams I have heard the most are the LA Kings and the image Oilers, and mm-hmm. you know I think that they are both willing to give, you know they're willing to take the most amount of cap space and yet give Toronto back something that is at least serviceable, but not something that is enough. In, from what I was, t- I was I wasn't getting names, of course, from the other teams, but I was. I would ask things like, "Is this going to be enough for Toronto to like to replace Zaitsev because his minutes well, on defense?"
1: this spec- the, the speculation out there because. What Dubas is looking for, for for Zaitsev is a defenseman in return. And when it comes to Edmonton, uh, you know, I, of course, I mentioned Darnell Nurse because of his Sault Ste. Marie connections, but that's probably not going to happen because he's such a good defenseman. The name out there has been Adam Larson. And that makes sense because of the stigma that Adam Larson has from being the guy that they traded Taylor Hall for. Um, we know that there's a connection between Connor Brown and the Edmonton Oilers based on him playing with McDavid and Erie, yeah. uh, I, you know, and the, the Pugliarvi situation with, uh, with the Oilers, him basically needing to, tra- needing to trade him, otherwise he's going to Europe. I mean I think there's the makings of a deal there and if that's the if, if like the that that 2 for 2 is sort of the structure I think Toronto would do it because they would save money on Pulley RV still being on his ELC and probably re-upping for around close to what that what that is cuz he and he's now still uh, getting healthy from double hip surgery and Larson gives him a right hand shot defenseman to replace Zaitsev so I I think that would work but I don't know for sure if that's a a legitimate Um, rumor or if that's just I
2: I haven't heard Poyarvi's name mentioned with them because and the only reason I say that I think that that's a little bit doubtful is Poyarvi is a bit of a not a head case but is definitely um, culturally challenged Um, and, and they want to get him in a situation where he has the least amount of pressure on him. And that's not true. Well,
1: no, honestly, I, there, there's no expectation in there would, Toronto. There's never yeah.
2: no expectation in Toronto.
1: No, but, but let, me say, let me say this. I'm just saying in Toronto, they've had players that there's a lot of expectation for, but they've been sort of insulated by that organization. They're very good at protecting their players. And I mean, he's a ways away from being a fourth overall pick. Remember he was picked, uh, it, Russ, that was the that was the line A, that was the line A draft. But he was fourth after Matthews, Line A, and Dubois, and hasn't had any success. I don't think it would be looked upon as a second chance. So I wouldn't think that if he went to Toronto, there'd be all this pressure for oh, he's got to replace this guy or replace that guy. I, I don't I think- know. I, I, <laughs>
0: Toronto's swell and all, but I, I just think if Fuyarvi goes there and he goes six, seven games without scoring, people are going to start writing about yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. I, and, and- I think.
2: He's still, he's still, he still is a, you know, because the Leap fans are smart enough to know that this guy was what he was, you know, like, and it wasn't that long ago that he was what he was. And, and the the feeling is, you know, like he needs to get to a place like Columbus, like something like that, where, you know, Columbus, maybe Washington. The only reason Washington is, is, you know, he can set in, he can come in there and there's enough of a, you know, of of a foreign element on that team, you know, that, that could help him, I think. He needs, he needs to be. Well, the,
1: He'd have a buddy in Cap and who he won a World Junior with, and there's no, and that of- will help.
2: That'll definitely help because he doesn't have anything like that right now. But they they need to get. You know, he's been working really hard. Obviously, this injury has been is was a problem. You know, he still has skill, no question about it. He's not a lost cause. He he's worth more than that than what you're putting on there. He still has value too, as well. So there's right, and and,
1: well, and the thing is, I think that the, the Oilers perceive Brown as having value as a potential line mate for McDavid. No, Brown and is
2: really good. Brown is a really tough player to throw into that trade for Toronto. I think that's a yeah. Really I don't
1: think I don't think, I don't believe me. I don't think Mike Babcock wants Connor Brown traded. He relies on him. He's no. a personal player, but his numbers are down, and his salary is over two million. So that's probably what makes them trade him
2: he's kind of a bargain them, though for, that, for his price isn't he kind of a bargain i mean he's kind of a
1: 2.2.1 million bucks i think that's a bargain at 20 goals but but yeah the, the yeah. problem is that they need that they need that cap space if they sign marner for you know 10 or 11 million so that's you that, a hundred
2: thousand dollars a goal you're cheap <laughs> um all right that that that's just the way those scores work when you think about it you know like it's not like that would be like a five million dollar fifty goal scorer, you know. Like it's like that. That is definitely that's definitely so. For twenty two million dollar twenty goal scorer, that's cheap.
1: Now, can um, can I just say that the the biggest non story here was what Larry Brooks reported about Wayne, who actually put Wayne Simmons and the Rangers together. I mean, I, I that was <laughs> not, seriously. I mean, you know. Like, uh,
2: well, you know yeah, what, you I know. Mean, that, you know what's I funny is the team that actually is interested in Simmons that I've heard is the Islanders. I think um, that sure. And, yeah, because.
1: Of- because they'll have boatloads yeah. of cap space when 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 Anders Lee signs someplace else.
2: He's also killed the Islanders. Like he, the Islanders. Like when they when the Islanders think of Simmons, they think of him. Like oh man, you know Simmons is going to score two goals a game. Like he really has destroyed the Islanders.
1: And well, I think and that he's
2: got a big. He's got. Therefore, they see him as a much more you know dangerous player than.
1: Go go guys. go! Let's go around the panel here. It's like, does anybody think Wayne Simmons is getting a four year deal in free agency? Because I don't. No, he's nope. not getting a four year deal. Nope. But he's going to get a deal
3: like people are people are writing him off way too early
4: yeah,
1: maximum at three if it's a three
4: years that up it's got to be very low
3: what yeah watch him sign a discount with someone like the blackhawks or whatever and be in and, and, and be the body <laughs> who, who could grind a little bit see they see seen what st louis did they know the central's loading up simmons is a perfect guy to come into the central for a smart team be, a, be a depth guy and play a a, a physical game and not yeah. torch you on the back end. I'm I telling you think, and, and help, your, help your power play.
1: I don't think he's going to be open to a one year deal. Maybe a two at the absolute least. Somebody's going to probably get in the two to three year range. It's going to be in that. If, it, yeah. if, his sal- if his salary demand is 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 reasonable and it's a one or two year deal. I think he might go home. I think Toronto would be a, would be a, a, an attractive thing because he's from the Toronto area. I I that doesn't he fit with that team at all, though. I mean, like
2: as far as the style of that team goes, like that's that's the thing about that. You know, like, no, he
1: he absolutely fits because they don't have players like him active. Yeah, no, but he that's can't skate problem. with them. That that Toronto's way he too fast. Like, with him, but he can stand in front of the net. He could be the power play guy. Nashville he could can... the same I- The only thing is, Mike Nashville,
4: had the exact same idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he struggled. He did because, because the Predators didn't priority. take the
2: time. The Predators thought we'll put Simmons on the power play and, and he'll just be better. But when you, the, for Simmons to work on the power play, the whole power play has to be focused around him. You don't, you don't set yeah. it up. Like
4: Simmons is just going to go on your power play. Right. Like you
2: it's put context, Simmons in front of the and net. That's and why I think
3: that. Chicago could be ideal I for think, him because of who they the have concept there.
4: Of Wayne Simmons right now, probably outstrips the reality of Wayne Simmons at this point. Yeah. yeah. So really, no no you have to be at the right spot Hey what deal. Yeah. The right team, and I think yeah. you know, I think I think you know Pete's Pete's on here. I think Chicago, the pace, the type of pace of play that they go at, no. Chicago actually does make a lot of sense.
1: Not Are you putting Simmons playing with playing. Taves or Simmons with uh, with Brinkett and, and I You
4: probably have him on a third. You probably may have him on with uh, with, with Strom, someone who probably yeah. who who isn't the fa- isn't the fastest skater, but can play at the same yeah. pace of play
3: and, and you let, watch
4: him on, watching him with nashville watching him in the games at yeah. nashville last year, he lagged far behind the play yeah yeah, he, yeah. He you,
3: you put you put him in front of the net with patrick Kane carrying the puck around on the power play and stuff mm-hmm. and watch out that cool story it, yep yeah no he's yeah. a great he's great at picking up and probably yeah. a
4: more methodical center as well at least two of the linemates have to have moderately moderate pace So so then they can have that proper level. They can have the proper levels of play and they plant out in front or get themselves by the circle.
2: Yep. I see Simmons as a two-year contract and I see him playing one year with that team. And then I see him playing next year with Seattle. Like I I, I see him, I see him being the kind of guy who who would be unprotected, but would be a good fit.
1: Now what I'm, what I'm, what I'm surprised at is that, you have two, one well, one guy who was widely rumored to be the first buyout um, of the buyout season, who hasn't been bought out yet, and that's Scott Darling, and and Patrick. Now the, the window is until June the thirtieth, so there, I guess, you know they still have a few days. And the and the Marlow situation, the whole that whole thing was pointed at Marlow being bought out by Carolina. And, uh, and then him signing, uh, with San Jose on July one, but this, this sort of kabuki theater that, that uh, Don Waddell was going to talk to Marlowe and see if he could sell him on Carolina, which is hilarious. Um, I mean, I'm surprised that they haven't done it yet and what they're exactly what they're waiting for.
2: Yeah. I think with Marlowe, I think they know what's going to happen, and it's just a matter of they have other things they have to deal with now, and it's not. With,
4: we got to see how the market, you know, where their, where their situation is going to be, yeah. what type of deal that Marlowe going to receive once the market is set on UFAs. So I, yeah. I'm anticipating it's going to be after. It very well could be after July one when when Marlowe. Well, can't,
1: the window close. The window closes on June 30th. The only way you could buy out after that is if you. Um, if so, if you go to arbitration on one player, then a second buyout. When
4: then they talk to him, they do this, and then they buy him out on the last day.
1: Yeah, I think something like that. I mean, I
2: and I and you know, I do think I also think the darling situation was it was a definite buyout before you know the other two goalies basically said they were leaving. You know, like I think that yeah. at that
1: point they had to sit back and say, okay, what's they they had to reevaluate for a little bit? You know, as well. I, I think I think somebody like Florida is going to wait to the last minute and hope they can sucker somebody into taking Reimer for three years at half of his, his salary, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. So I think he's going to get bought out, and I'm I'm still curious about what's going to happen with Luongo with the you know the the Bobrovsky situation and what that how that fits in the mix. I had yeah.
4: given some, I had given some thought about right same thing. I had given some thought about Reimer and Philly at briefly yeah. in terms of. uh you know retention deal and things of that sort but uh, obviously Philadelphia felt oh. that it didn't.
1: I well one that would have been a good way to go for them I actually two. thought I actually thought that was a good way for them to go I did 1.7 would have been cheaper than two for uh, but it'd be three years that's the problem but again
4: that's you right. have to account for a guy who already understand who's who's been there exactly. since years. two years yeah in two
2: a years. locker room that is hazy at best Elliot as at least something that's 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 continuing forward for them. Um, that, that's another one of my thoughts on this, that, you know, that you have to understand that that room has now lost Judas, um, Simmons and, and, and it's like, they have, you know, moving forward, you know, you've got a lot in you're like, Nolan Patrick's not ready to be like the guy yet in that locker room. So, you know, Claude Giroux is always going to be like in his own little click world with Voracek and other people like that. And he's going to lead on the ice, but he's not going to be the guy. I think Elliot, like at least, is like sort of like a fatherly guy to a lot of players in that team and is like one of those guys that they all
0: trust. And I think. okay, my last my last thought on that, Ek. Yeah, so let's say Carter Hart's got a, a little bit of a nick and Elliot's hurt as usual. Who's the next man up?
2: <laughs> That's probably,
4: uh, probably Alex Lyon.
2: Yeah, probably Alex Lyon. Yeah, well, you're gonna
0: probably.
4: see Alex Lyon. <laughs> under he's he's under RF, I think. He's right. Right. Yeah, because he's currently. Uh, under RFA, I believe, at the moment. We check him on captain. Uh, we'll,
0: we'll see Alex Lyon this year. Sure, uh,
4: Lyon is actually – hold on, hold on. Actually, Lyon has one more so, – no, he's still under contract. One more right. year to UFA. Right. So he's yeah. he, he's there. He would be next man up, and then you're getting into um, – Felix Sandstrom. Sandstrom. Then you're getting into Felix Sandstrom, and and Ustamenko probably starts in Redding, I'm assuming. And yeah. then
2: I then I come into play after that. Right.
4: Well, you
0: yeah. <laughs> would know, Bob Froze. Yeah, you're still the seventh goalie in line. They never got here. But
2: last year they got to eight. So who knows? Maybe I got a shot, you know? Yeah,
0: maybe this year. I I think they're trying to cut down on eight this year. I think they will. You hope.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think they will. Um, The Canadians and Duchesne are the the last thing we'll say before we get out of here. The Canadians are meeting with Matt Duchesne um, is being reported. Um, I've been talking about this for a bit now um, that I think that this is the Canadians. My source of Montreal says this is their target. Um, And... I, I do think it makes sense. The question is, you know, Matt Duchesne, I, I do. I'm also starting to hear that Matt Duchesne will give another, a last like callback to Columbus. So it's possible that he goes to Montreal, gets an offer, contract offer, comes back to Columbus and says, this is what the offer is. There's less taxes here, less pressure. Can I stay in Columbus? That could happen. I could see that happening. I see it playing out.
1: Or um, Nashville or a few other places.
2: Yeah, Nashville, again, I'm, I, I would really be shocked if, if Duchesne ended up in Nashville, just from stuff I've heard. But it's possible. Right. It is possible for sure. Um, uh, so I think the thing to watch now is like like you know funny. I mean we've had another of course the Flyers make a trade every time we have a show, but this this today's <laughs> the signing.
4: Heck I got parachuted in on this one. So I,
2: I'm so impressed, and <laughs> I can't even tell you. Thank you so oh, much wow, for doing oh,
4: that. timing.
2: Out of nowhere, bam. You know, we're just we're hearing we we got we, Mike says we War, got breaking news, and then there you are.
4: so suddenly dropping in on ESPN here with. with, with hey, I got <laughs> <it>.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. 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 That's amazing. Um, all right, guys. Um, and yep. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow.
1: 18 plus.